I just wanted to make you aware of some upcoming imminent developments among some of my core recommended new vehicles. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. You can inquire at the website about that. I've worked very hard indeed, although there wasn't much competition, to become the country's most hated automotive journalist and also the most biased car reviewer on the friggin' planet. In this era of equality, I remain so emphatically prejudiced against cars that are shit and which you should not buy, and also against car makers who seem to think there's no obligation whatsoever to look after you if you have a genuine problem sometime down the track. I am a bastard like that, I admit it. People view bias like it's a bad thing, but au contraire, I say. Anywho, there was movement at the station recently, etc., in respect of some of my core recommended vehicles, so I guess you need to stay informed the better to decide whether to sit on your suitcase full of shitsville and micro-pesos in anticipation for the new one, or strike instead while the iron is kind of lukewarm in respect of securing a strong run-out deal on the outgoing model. First up, Kia Sorento. Social distancing launch imminent. New Sorento seen there on Kia's website being ignored by a redhead named Tiffany. Friggin' typical. The big news there for all you grey-bearded wannabe nomads, ladies and gentlemen alike, 2.5-tonne tow capacity on new Sorento with a 200-kilo tow ball download limit. Yes, I'm, I don't know, barring up just thinking about that. Slight rework on the diesel, you know, that's going to be slightly less bore and slightly more stroke. Eight-speed DCT, so that's going to be interesting. Full details, kind of there somewhere. V6 petrol basically unchanged. More wheelbase too, so more room inside the cabin, especially in the second row. Vehicle's going to be in showroom shortly, at least the diesel a few months later for the petrol. The advent of a new platform for Sorrento means, of course, that Sorrento's dizygotic twin, Santa Fe, is going to roll on a matching platform soon. But both brands are going to do what they do best, which is differentiate the two and, of course, pretend to be at war with each other, despite having offices just around the corner and catching up every now and then for coffee. Santa Fe upgrade, uh, timing on that yet to be announced, of course, but... They're still in full prick tease mode on Santa Fe, so I guess that means probably five or six months henceforth. Kia will, of course, do everything it can to capitalise on this and screw Hyundai over on sales of the current Santa Fe between then and now when new Sorrento is available and current Santa Fe is still in play. So that'll be quite entertaining. And while the new Santa Fe is inoffensive from the rear, it's going to take me some time to come to terms with the new pointy end. I never thought I'd see the day when a whale shark formed the inspiration for a seven-seat SUV. It's certainly a brave and bold 
development. It might even look better in a dark colour. So there's that. About the same time as the new whale shark Santa Fe lobs in showrooms, we should also see the Hyundai Palisade here in Shitsville. Pretty interesting vehicle there. Choice of seven or eight seats. And I'm sensing walkthrough, upliftingly enough, on the seven seat models. Slightly bigger than Santa Fe, of course, but about the same price, kind of CX-9 sized and with, presumably, far less pants-pooping proclivity than such industry icons as the Pathfinder. So that's nice. It's built on the same production line as the Santa Fe, too, and seven-seat with walkthrough. So brilliant. No more gymnastics for row three access. Yes. <laughs> Moving to Utes now, and I don't know if you remembered this, but about 14 months ago, an asshole reviewer, well, he wasn't an asshole reviewer, not literally, more of a car reviewer being an asshole. Anyway, he restyled the front end of a Triton at the roadside to de-emphasise the mighty Morphin Power Ranger Dynamic Shield Chrome Thingo that that vehicle typically has going on in the higher model grades. Take a look. Upliftingly enough, the product planning dudes and dudettes at Mitsubishi appear to have taken heed on this. Possibly taken two heeds, I am yet to add them up, and produced this. The Triton GSR, which is basically the GLS Premium with a lot less Power Ranger, a bit more Batmobile. So that's kind of nice. Triton remains, in my view, the best value premium 4x4 dual cab ute currently in the market. Bonus points for the Super Select 2 transfer case, which allows 4x4 high range with the centre diff unlocked. So you can drive in four-wheel drive on a high-traction surface in a Triton without breaking the transmission, at least in a Triton with the Super Select 2 transfer case if you know how to use it properly. Particularly good for applying tractive effort at low speed without spinning the wheels in conditions like a wet bitumen road when the vehicle is unladen and traction is marginal. I've got a full wrap-up of interesting developments in the ute market somewhere up there. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but it is fairly clever. Make sure you check that out if you are in the market for a ute because it pays to be fully up-to-date on this. And obviously, new BT50 and D-Max are in the wings too. We've covered that extensively already. I just mention it now for completeness. There's a link up there as well if you'd like to check that out. Carnival now, and I know these kinds of vehicles are the automotive equivalent of having a public vasectomy. But people movers, and in particular the Kia Carnival, are insanely practical, and a substantial number of the purchases of seven-seat SUVs would simply be better off in a Carnival. New Carnival set to debut in South Korea over the next three months. 
Kia Shitsville is still in full prick tease mode with its debut plans there, and I never thought I would use the word prick tease in relation to a Kia Carnival, but, you know, stranger things have happened. They've happened recently. All we have currently are a couple of images and some yeah, borderline useful waffle from the PR department on the aesthetics, including this. The carnival features a more prominent sense of volume to its bodywork, with bold wheel arches and sharp lines along the body, giving it a more sculpted appearance. What a relief, I thought. Just what the carnival needs, the sense of having more volume. And also because I have always hated those blunt lines and, in particular, those friggin' timid wheel arches. There's more on this, sadly. The carnival features a new tiger face, which extends across the width of the vehicle. This confident, more futuristic face seamlessly integrates lamps with Kia's iconic tiger nose grill. Kia's designers have dubbed this symphonic architecture. Yep, yep, yep. Tiger knows best, clearly. I had to stop reading at that point, frankly. I, I mean, why keep climbing when you've reached the summit of literary perfection? It's exactly how I would have categorised this vehicle, that tiger-faced symphonic architecture. That's at least one litre of personal lubricant at both hands going as fast as possible. Right there. I think you'd agree. The new carnival is going to be bigger inside, they say, probably with powertrains and platform derived from the new Sorrento. And I do so hope they keep the removable centre seat in row two, which allows you to walk through, even with as many as four child restraints in place. And the two-ton tow capacity. I hope they retain that. <laughs> JD Power now, this institution has released its vestigially interesting US initial quality survey, which is something of a barometer of production line quality control. Top 10 brands in order, Dodge and Kia in equal first, Chevy and Ram in equal third, then Genesis, Mitsubishi, Buick, GMC, Volkswagen and Hyundai. The survey measures faults per 100 vehicles in the first 90 days of ownership. The spread in the top 10 was 136 faults per 100 vehicles for Dodge and Kia, down to 153 per 100 for Hyundai in 10th. The industry average, 166. Upliftingly enough, Tesla shat the bed here on 250. I doubt the devout followers of Electric Jesus are going to care. And finally today, Lewis Hamilton. The filthy rich Formula One legend has, in my view, lost a race with reality against the statue of a dead dude in Bristol. This interesting tale is emblematic of why celebrities really should only ever open their traps to perform public speaking about the thing which makes them special and or different and not anything else. Not ever. Don't comment on anything else. Click this link, which is up there again somewhere, for my most favourite motoring story of the month, without a doubt. To cap off the financial year, it's going to have to be pretty good to beat this one. I could not make it up. It is anti-genius writ large. Yes. A road to hell paved with good intentions. It's better even than 
tiger-faced symphonic architecture. And that's saying something. Link in the description there too, okay? And for all the other reports referenced in this one. And that's kind of all I have for you today, sadly enough. And I know you'll join me emphatically in saying, fuck you very much, 2020. That seems only fair, given the way things have gone so far. And as your next Prime Minister, of course, just do one small thing today to make Australia less shit over the next few days. Just do one thing that's going to be okay, and incrementally it will all add up. There's a good dude, or, of course, dudette. And thank you very much for watching. Have a good weekend.